on, uh, we want you to be a part, make note, and uh, as I said, we'll have calendars available Sunday, and you can take those and have everything down in order to see what's going on. Amen. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 15, and stand with me, if you will, for the reading of God's Word. As uh, if you've been here on our Wednesday nights, we have been preaching this sermon series on the walk. We have talked about the walk, the wisdom, and the will of God. And uh, we have been here on the subject, and tonight we are getting into the wisdom, uh, the wisdom in our walk with God. And uh, we have been looking here. Our central text has been out of Ephesians chapter 5, and we have highlighted here in verse number 15... And we're going to read this here again, and, uh, and we're going to get right into the word, of the word of the Lord tonight. Ephesians 5 and 15, the, the Bible says, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools. And we have uh, devoted three Wednesdays. We've been preaching about what does foolishness look like? What does it sound like? What are the attributes of foolishness? We cannot be wise nor can we pursue wisdom if we are not willing to deal with the foolishness in this flesh, the foolishness of our humanity. And God's been speaking and dealing and drawing our hearts, I do believe. And uh, so it said, not as fools, he says here, he says, but as wise. Amen. Not as fools, but as wise. And tonight we're going to begin here on this subject of godly wisdom and uh, taking a look at the Word of God in regards to this. Would you help us pray tonight? Father, we thank you once again for your Word. I thank you for your presence, for your people. And Lord, I pray again tonight and we ask that your Word go forth in clarity. Lord, in anointing and power, accomplishing what it's sent to do. Lord, we know that it will not return void. And Father, we pray, anoint our hearts and ears to hear, to understand, to apply our hearts unto wisdom. I pray, anoint my mind and lips to preach, and we'll give you thanks and praise for what you'll do. And we ask it in Jesus' precious name, and the church would say, amen and amen. You can be seated this evening. Here, as I said, we had spent some time talking about what foolishness is, and we had covered some basis. And let me just highlight here for just a moment. We had talked about the fact that you cannot have foolishness without there being a heart of rebellion. We find as to where that re rebellion centers around foolish behavior, foolish attitudes. It is that mindset that man has that we're going to do what we're going to do, whether it be right or whether it be wrong, this is what we're going to do. And, uh, and even though at times that, uh, in our own decision making and our processes and our habits, uh, we get into a place at times as to where whether or not it is offensive to God, whether or not it is contrary to God's word, we can get so dead set uh, on uh, having our way. Uh, and it produces foolishness. 
worthlessness. It produces failure in our lives. We had said that immaturity is an earmark of foolishness. As we are, uh, as we should be, should I say, growing in the goodness of God, growing in our relationship with Him, maturing in the Word of God, being people who become seasoned in the things of God. As a result, we find as to where the Word of God lays before us the challenge that we put away uh, childish things, that we would lay aside immaturity. I believe if there is one thing that has become an embarrassment for the church of today, it is a fact of the way that oftentimes that there is immaturity. Immaturity in the pulpit. Immaturity in the pew. Immaturity in leadership. Immaturity in our behaviors. And there are times that we find ourselves like toddlers that will cross our arms and stomp our feet. And we want to be like Peter Pan and never grow up. Amen, Brother Jake. We just, we're just not going to grow up. We're not going to mature because understand, and we had touched on this, is that growing in God, we understand that there are growing pains. There are some things that are not comfortable. There are things that the Spirit of God will convict us about and put His finger on. There are things the Word of God will make revelation uh, in our lives and say, this right here, you've got to deal with this. This right here here needs to be laid on an altar. This right here needs to be crucified. This right here needs to be laid aside. You can't afford to act that way. Live that way. Take those things on. Amen. In your life. And so immaturity is uh, is bound up in foolishness. And then last week we preached on the foolishness of our feelings. When we are led by our feelings. How we are in the moment, what's going on around us, how things are impacting as to where we're finding, as to where consistency and a steadiness in our walk with God, we find that consistency is under attack as to where we have folks all the time, in and down, up and out, up and down, in and out, amen. Uh, we, when I was in a uh, 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 kid's church, we used to sing a song said, I'm in right up, right up, right down, right happy all the time. And there's some Christians, that's how they're living all the time. They're in, right out, right up, right down. And you, But you just, they're not happy all the time. Uh, they find themselves discouraged and depressed and they ain't ever got the victory. There's always something wrong, always some kind of victim mentality. Every time you turn around, the devil's got them in another headlock. And I mean, they just, I mean, they just never can seem to find solid ground. And they're oftentimes guided by their feelings. I feel this way today, Pastor. I feel this way today. And I feel like this and I feel like that. And we made mention last Wednesday of the fact that Brother Tobin, we need folks that's not based. And I know, I know that we, and I made this statement, we as Pentecostals, we love our feelings. We love the exuberance of worship. We love to be excited and to shout. We love to, we love to feel the, 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 the spiritual doodads run up and down our spine. And, and we love the 
want tears to flow and we love to see people get happy but can I say is we do not need to be in love with a feeling we do not need to be people that are basing our walk based upon a feeling but may we be people one more time that would say I don't need something to feel I need brother Segura something to believe in and what can I believe in I can believe brother Andy in his word I can believe in his promise I can believe in who he is whether I'm shouting on Sunday or I'm walking in the desert on Monday it doesn't change brother Wesley who God is that's why he proclaimed he's the same yesterday today and forever within him there is no variableness there is no shadow of turning my emotions run high and low that'll get me sideways and sadly we have a church generation that has based their spirituality off of a feeling there are some you can walk in and if a service is more somber, you'll have some that'll walk out and say, well, I, boy, that's the deadest service I've ever been in. Why? Because they're looking for something exciting. If somebody isn't hooping or hollering, if Brother Jake ain't spitting five pews back and his face red and sweat pouring down his brow, then surely, Brother Clayton, he ain't anointed. Let me say, we have based anointing. We have tied up the Spirit of God and painted him in a corner and said, well, if this ain't happening and that ain't happening, then God ain't moving. Don't get me wrong. We see him move in those ways all the time. But sometimes there's nothing like that at all. Sometimes Sometimes it's just the awe of his presence and his power. Sometimes it's in the stillness. Sister San, I hear his voice the loudest. Sometimes all I can do is a tear run down my face or my hand go up to heaven. All can I say is that we got to quit preconditioning and predetermining our responses upon how we feel and may God help us that there are roots that run deep and are plugged into the river of life and it's said that he may produce his fruit in his season and in those seasons of life whether good or bad when we are connected to that river of life there's going to be a production of spiritual fruit and the evidence of a walk with God. Amen. Oh, that wasn't even in my notes tonight. That was free. It didn't cost you anything. Amen. Foolishness with feelings. Feelings are fleeting. Feelings, we said, they're fragile. They're unstable. And so we look to the stability of His promise. The stability of His Word. The stability of who He is. Amen. And tonight, may I say, as we get into this realm of this talking about wisdom, there are some things in this series and talking about wisdom, there are some things that are going to seem very practical. What I mean by practical is just is when I talk about wisdom, I want you to understand is that God gives wisdom. And, and there's, there, if, there's something, if there's something that sometimes to God's people seems like it's out of reach, 
there's these two things. And one of those is a lot of people think that the will of God, Brother Michael, is something so mystical. And I just can't quite figure it out. I, almost like I've got to sneak up on it and grab a hold of it. Or, or, or I, I've got to jump through all these hoops so that I know that I know God's will, right? I've got to see the flash of lightning over here. And I've got to hear the thunder over here. And well, God, if it's your will, so and so, Brother Christian, that Brother Christian's going to come over and he's going to shake my hand three times and, and stick his tongue out sideways. And then I'll know it's God. I mean, we have all kind of stuff where people trying to figure out God's will and, and we make it, let me just say this, we make it harder to discover and decipher than what it needs to be. Brother Gary, can I give you, can I just reassure the church of something? God wants you to know His will. He does. This does not have to be complicated. This does not have to be. But, and so we're going to look at some things because I want you to understand is that God calls His people to live and operate in wisdom. We need godly wisdom at work in our lives. Not only do we need it at work, and when I say that term work, Brother Tobin, we must exercise it in our lives. But before we can exercise it and before we can utilize it, before we can live it, it has to be acquired. It has to be sought after. It has to be a treasure that we're seeking. It has to be that thing that we understand that Jacob Smith in and of himself, I am a failure. I am human. There's nothing good in me. And Lord, if there's going to be anything that pleases you... If I'm going to make an impact on anybody, if this gospel is going to make an impact by way of me as a vessel, I have to have godly wisdom. I've got to know. Oh, listen, it's one thing to stand up and say a bunch of stuff all the time. And, you, you know, I'll be honest with you. I could, I could sit back and through the week I could sit and begin, Brother Danny, to put together what I would believed to be a masterpiece of a sermon. I could put it together and make it flow eloquently. I, I have preached long enough that I could say well here's a point if I'll get if I'll get loud right here boy I can get an amen if I'll do this right here oh but can I say one of the things that I have always prayed and what my heart is is God give me wisdom and sensitivity I don't want to be a pulpiteer that stands up here and everybody walk out and say, wasn't that a beautiful sermon? Oh, but Brother Pickens, we need a word for the moment. We need a word that when people walk in these doors and there's all kind of issues, nobody knows like the Holy Ghost knows. I want to be in a place to have a wisdom and a sensitivity to say, God, what do you want to say right now? This ain't the Jacob Smith circus. This isn't Jacob Smith's church. This is God's house. This is his church. He's a bishop of our souls. I want to tell you today is may God help us. We will only be affected and impacted as long as godly wisdom is being pursued and it's being practiced and it's being preached and it's being lived. I want you to understand 
We're in need of it. Let me clarify something here. Godly wisdom is not just for who you deem or classify as a particular leader. I want to remind you moms and dads, raising your children is not the school district's responsibility. Can I just preach here a little bit? It's not the state's responsibility. Come on. I remember that they asked Gloria Gaither, who was her and Bill Gaither, actually both were educators in the public school system for many years before they were traveling and singing and writing songs, and that became their full-time occupation. And they'd asked her one time about, well, what was your thoughts or how do you feel, what's your insights when prayer was taken out of school? And she said this, she said these words, she said, I'm not so much concerned about what the government has decided or what the states have decided in taking it out. She said, the first problem is, is that for many homes, prayer has been absent in the home before it was ever absent in the school. And we have now today, I want to remind you, we have moms and dads, we have churches, we have home, just the whole gamut. We are all standing around pointing our fingers at somebody else saying it's their responsibility. I want to tell you something. It is an honor. It is an honor for me to be your pastor. But I want to tell you, dads, did you know that first, the first priest of the home is you? The first priest of that home is you. Ladies, read Proverbs 31. Take a look at what it is, what, what a mother's role is in that home, what she does, amen, amongst her children and her household. I want you to understand the Word of God points to us when we're saying, well, I understand the pastor needs wisdom. I understand the deacon needs wisdom. I understand this one needs wisdom. No, listen, we have to get to the point to say, God, I have if I'm going to make it, if my family's going to make it, if I'm going to raise children that love you and will forsake this world, if I'm going to, if I'm going to love my wife or, or ladies, if you're going to love your husband or if we're going to be the church member, if we're going to be the servant that we need to be, our prayer should be, God, I need your wisdom. I need the power of your spirit to lead and guide me, amen, in all truth. I've got to have it. The wisdom, let, my, let me say this, and I'm going to read this to you here. Wisdom should not be something that is optional. Well, Brother Jacob, I don't consider myself a smart person. That's fine. That's perfect. Brother Jacob, I don't even have a high school diploma. Or a GED. Good, because wisdom is not based upon a piece of paper. Wisdom is not based upon how many degrees you got. Wisdom is not based upon whether you got gray hair or not. Wisdom is not based upon your age or not. Come on here. Some would say, well, I'm not even qualified to be in the Golden Teens group yet, so I can't get wisdom. That's not true. Amen. We must not treat wisdom as it is optional. We must treat wisdom as it is a necessity. It is a necessity. 
We have to understand again, foolishness is revealed in immaturity. And immaturity will keep us from growing in God. I want you to understand. I, 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 want to, I want to read a couple of things here. First of all, wisdom defined as this. The quality of being wise. Knowledge and the capacity to make due use of it. Knowledge of the best ends and the best means. Listen to this. Discernment. I believe if there is, boy, I mean, we've got churches, they got word of wisdom, they got the gifts of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. We've got churches they promote, oh, I I saw an ad on social media about a a particular church, I don't even know if it's in the area, but they paid for one of those sponsor ads on Facebook, and and they were showing, I mean, they they had folks, they had the laughing spirit and the falling out spirit and the I'll blow and spit on your spirit. Anybody ever heard them spirits before? They had all kind of stuff going on, all of these kinds of things. And I thought they, was, they, were, they were bragging about, they were bragging about the certain gifts that were in operation in their church. And there was one thing, and, and in preparation for this sermon and for this series, I said to myself, if there's one thing, listen, all of those gifts have their place and their proper setting in the household of faith. But if there's one thing that's missing and that we need more of in the church today we need the gift of discernment we need to be able to recognize and realize whether it is of God or whether it's not of God we need to recognize whether it lines up with his will or whether it don't can I say is that the church could eliminate 99% of the nonsense that goes on in services across America and in the pulpits if we would have some folks with some discernment, some folks that knew whether God was pleased or not. And can I say not only in the church house, but can I say that part of the problems that might be in your house, if discernment was an operation, you might find you could eliminate a lot of your own problems there too. Brother Jake, We didn't suspect that you would come in here tonight and tell us about all this personal responsibility we've got to take. I was perfectly content blaming everybody else. I was perfectly content being mad at my husband. I'm still mad right now sitting in this house. I was perfectly content blaming my wife. I was perfectly content. Brother Jacob, I've had all against you. I've been perfectly happy blaming my pastor. I've been perfectly happy blaming every church I've ever been a part of. Taking personal responsibility. Listen to what the Word of God says. I may mention is that we cannot treat wisdom optional. And I, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm not going to get to cover all of this. And so we'll be breaking some of this up. Proverbs 4 and 7 says this. Wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is the principal thing. Thing, And it says, therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Amen. Isn't that just, I like that, short to the point. Wisdom is the principal thing. And with all thy getting, get understanding. 
You see, the issue is not this. The issue is not, I need to find the right person in my life of who I'm going to marry, who I'm going to, hear me young adults, who I'm going to, now, now don't leave here and say, well, Brother Jake said it don't matter who we find to marry. No. But listen to this. Listen to this. We will put all of our eggs in the basket of the right person. Romeo or Juliet, right? And have you ever noticed that when somebody gets all in love, their brain loses its form? And if they turn their head just right, you can watch it ooze out their ear. Come on. They're like Pepe Le Pew. Do you remember who Pepe Le Pew was? He was that skunk. And he was in love, and that's the thing, Brother Pickens, he was in love with a cat and didn't even know it. And old Pepe Le Pew and that old, that old cat would go by, remember he'd just, his feet would lift up and he'd start floating in the air. Boy, I've seen a lot of saints like that. Oh, I'm in, I'm in love. Pastor, I'm in love. Well, do they go to church? No, but I'm in love. Are they filled with the Holy Ghost? No, but I'm in love. Come on, somebody. Do they have any convictions? Let me, let me ask this. Have they been born again? Well, if you're stumbling and tripping and you can't answer that question, if you don't know, if you can't tell somebody what that significant other that you're chasing or pursuing, what they believe or don't believe, let me say, you're not practicing wisdom. You're not pursuing. It's not the principal thing. The, what, the point I'm trying to make is we will hinge everything on relationships. We'll say, all I need is $5 million. No, you don't. You can't manage five dollars. Five million would kill you. It'd destroy you. Come on. Why? Because you've got no wisdom in handling your money. It's not the principal thing. Well, all I need is a better job. I need a promotion. I deserve to be the big dog. I deserve to be the higher up in management. No, you don't. Because you can't yield to your boss right now. Tell me when they're done throwing tomatoes. Come on. Come on. You can't, you can't yield to your boss. You can't do anything your boss asks you to do without huffing and puffing and rolling your eyes. As a matter of fact, there's a good chance you might be the worst employee at the place. You don't deserve management. You don't deserve being over somebody else. Well, what do I need, Brother Jake? You need wisdom. And you need, in all of your getting, you need to get some understanding. Woo! Preach on, Brother Jake. Okay, I will. Amen. I knew, I knew I would not be everybody's hero after this. Wisdom is the principal thing. So let me first start with this. And don't get nervous with me saying start. I'm just talking about a launching point here. So we find, he says, get wisdom. Get it. We hear people say, go get your money. 
You deserve it. Go get that position. You deserve it. Go get that man. Go get that woman. You, you deserve it. No. What we need to get is wisdom. What we need to get is a prayer closet. What we need to get is in a service where the presence of God is. And get in there and throw aside all of our justifications and tear down all of our walls and begin to say, what have we been saying about praying? Lord, what do you see when you see me? What is it in me? You see, the thing about it is, you can't grab a hold of wisdom. Again, let me say, until we've let go of the foolishness that's holding us back. The Word of God said in Hebrews 11, therefore, uh, that we are to lay aside every way and the sin which does so easily beset us can I say one more time church if we're going to see revival if you're going to see a real change in your life a real change in your home a real change in your family it's going to be when you and when I get ourselves at an altar and say Lord would you crucify me afresh and anew let me put aside this mess and give me wisdom and understanding and help me be what you've called me to be can I ask you a rhetorical question don't raise your hand and definitely keep looking straight ahead at me I want to go home tonight I don't have time for marriage counseling not tonight how many scars past pains and headaches that we are dealing with today because we were foolish back then. Now, some, I know it's because we were living blindly in sin. But let me say this, sinner or saint, maybe you've been saved for 50 years. You've been born again loving God, but you know today there's pain, complication, and problem because you did not pursue wisdom. You made a rash decision. You're living with consequence. Let me just, let me just help break the ice. Jacob Smith has. And you can sit there and look at me self-righteous if you want, but you have too. All of us. It is when our pursuits supersede the principal thing. It is when our passions supersede the principal thing. It is when our want supersedes the principal thing. It is when our lust supersede the principal thing. Get wisdom. Get wisdom. I want you to understand, and I'm, Brother Danny, go ahead and come on up. So that way I got a cue to shut her down. Because I keep on going. The subject of wisdom is a theme, a guide and principle that is woven throughout the entire fabric of Scripture. It is found, we see God's wisdom at work in the beginning chapters of Genesis as God created the heavens and the earth. 
we find that wisdom finds itself all the way to the book of Revelation. John the Revelator, Revelator even declared. He said in, in Revelation, he had said that we are to pray for understanding in the reading of that book. Wisdom is the principal thing. In all of your getting, get wisdom. Listen, one doesn't have to have extreme intelligence to obtain wisdom. We think sometimes of wisdom of a, of, a, of a grandpa figure, of a granny figure, someone with a lot of life behind them. And yes, I do agree that life experiences can produce some wisdom. But can I say to the young and to the old, to those that might feel like you're somewhere in between, wisdom is available Wisdom, we'll come to find and discuss the fact that God gives it liberally to those that would ask for it, to those that would apply their heart after it. You don't have to have intelligence to obtain wisdom, but what you do have to have is a willingness. A willingness. Brother Eli, do you know why most people don't ask for help? You know why? Because they don't want to be shown that the way they were doing it was wrong. They just don't. We love and live in insanity. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again. And Sister Carmen, we're expecting a different result each time we do it. And oftentimes, we are in need of help. And it's just not, I'm not talking about, you know, right now, there's, there's a man in here somewhere, and you're as bristled as a porcupine right now, because I just touched on a sore subject, because you still got that engine tore apart. And you've got a million pieces, and you don't know what to do, but Katie, bar the door, you're not going to ask anybody for help. Because you don't want your pride being broken when somebody shows up and says, and this, I don't know if Brother Stanley's got an engine tore apart or not. I'm just using him for an example. And somebody says, but Stanley, you did this wrong. If you would have done A, B, and C, this would have been over with. You knew I knew my way around an engine. Why didn't you ask me earlier? Pride. If we answer honestly, it's to say, I didn't want somebody to tell me I was wrong. I didn't want it to be pointed out. We're kind of like toddlers sitting in a stinky diaper. It's my mess, and I like it. I'll just sit right here in it. Come on. That's how we do. That's how we do. And it stinks. And your life stinks. And your attitude stinks. And your spirit man stinks. Because beyond the physical things, how many times do we sit in the church? And God is walking up and down these aisles and the Spirit of God is dealing and He's knocking at our heart's door and we will sit and we will purse our lips and we will cross our hands proverbially and we will say, I don't want or need your help today. 
I don't need. That's why sometimes folks get aggravated at the preacher. And not that I'm picking on you personally, but as the Word of God begins to deal and it convicts about things that ought not be. You look at me as the enemy and say, he's just up there telling me everything I do is wrong. That's not my intent. But can I say, if you keep getting that feeling every time that you're in church, can I just point you the direction? It could be the Holy Ghost. Saying, hey, hey, I'm trying to help. Get wisdom. I believe we could paraphrase there and say, get help. Ask the Lord for help. Doesn't that sound simple? Doesn't that sound simple? I will tell you this, it's easier said than done. This guy right here, Brother Josh, oh man. He can be a knucklehead a lot of times. He can be hard to deal with a lot of times. But when I surrender it and I say, God, I need you and I need to know how do I deal with this? How do I work through this? He's never said, sorry. Yeah. Nana, nana, boo, boo, you can't find me. But when I've sincerely come to him and I've said, I can't. I need wisdom and I need to get some understanding. Brother Morgan, he's more than gracious to help me. More than gracious to deal with me. Get wisdom. It is the principal thing. It is primary. It is paramount. It is important. We need wisdom. We need wisdom. I'm out of time. And we're going to reap. I'm, I'm just, I'm going to promise you this. We're going to slow down and we're going to take our time going through this. Because I believe God wants to reveal some things to us. Because let me say this and then I'm going to hush. I said this already and I, and I promise you I'm going to hush. As you see, Brother Hemphill. As he commanded us to walk in love, light, and circumspectly. And he said, don't be foolish. We recognize all of those things. And he says, to get wisdom, but we walk as the wise. Sister Linda Rich, we cannot get to the will of God until we get to know wisdom. Until we get to know wisdom. Can we bow our heads all over this house? Father, I thank you tonight for your faithfulness. I praise you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, I thank you for your word, and I know it is a revealer. It's revelation, and it is light. And I pray, may the light of your word be shown abroad in our hearts. I pray, God, help us. Holy Ghost, I believe you're here to lead us into all truth. And Lord, in all of our getting, you have told us to get wisdom and understanding. Oh, that we would grab a hold of it. That, that choices in life and direction in life and, and the living of life, it becomes, it, it, it takes on a whole different light and it gets on a different level when we are pursuing and exercising godly wisdom. Forgive us, Lord, when we have loved our immaturity. Forgive us when we have value pride over the principal thing of wisdom. Forgive us when we know that we have needed help, but we don't ask. When we have to realize we don't have because we don't ask. 
deal with us and break us down and build us up again and let us get wisdom. Let us desire it. It is a treasure. It is a treasure that produces eternal benefits. Let me be willing. Let me be willing to receive wisdom. Let me tear down justifications and reasons why and my pride and walls and prejudices. And God, help me. If tonight you would say, Pastor, I realize in my life, in my home, in my family, in my personal walk with God, I must have wisdom. I need His direction now. I need understanding now. I need to know how to navigate some situations right now in my life. And I can't be bound up in foolishness, but I need wisdom. If that's us tonight, why don't we come and find ourselves a place around these altars? Why don't we come tonight and would we start this process? Maybe tonight we need to, maybe tonight we need to repent of the fact that 